0: This message inspires you to love strong, shine bright, and live free. Um, who is ready for the word today? Let's jump, jump right in. If you have a Bible on you, mark chapter 8. Otherwise, turn in your iPods or whatever it is you use. It will also come up on, on the screens as well. Mark chapter 8. And uh, in lieu of our planned relocation to uh, the suburb of Tahunanui next year... And it's very likely, by the way, that we'll have some news for you next Sunday. So don't miss the service next Sunday. Hopefully, I can share a little bit more about those plans. But, you know, I've been thinking about that, of course, and we're going to be connecting with the community like never before. And I believe we'll be reaching types of people who have never been a part of a faith community before as well. And so I just thought I would share a a thought with you this morning uh, about our approach and our attitude when it comes to reaching out toward people who are beyond beyond these walls. So just a bit of a reminder, a bit of a pep talk, if you like. And if you're taking notes, I've entitled this message. If we could just jump up with my slides, I've entitled this message any minute now. It will come up. Is it there? It's not even there. That's really sad. And I don't actually think it's been loaded, uh, Gary, so... Forget about it. It's called seeing without distortion. Alright, and I had amazing slides as well. What a shame. That took me a little while. <laughs> anyway, it happens. Alright, you're just gonna have to believe that I'm reading from the Bible if you don't have one because it's not up on the screens. Mark chapter 8. I'm gonna read from verse 30 30. Sorry, Mark eight, twenty-two. It says this: then he speaking about Jesus came to Bethsaida. And they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. And so he, Jesus, took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town, which is a little strange, just takes him out of the town. And when he, I was about to get stranger, and when he, Jesus, had spit on his eyes. How rude! When he'd spit in his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked if he saw anything. Verse 24 of Mark 8 says, And he looked up the blind man and he said, I I see men like trees walking, all right? And then it goes on, verse 25 says, and then Jesus put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Why don't you say saw everyone clearly? Saw Saw everyone clearly. Father, I thank you for the moments that we have right now. I thank you that you're doing stuff on the inside of us, and we just say yes to all that you're doing. We thank you for your truth making its way from the inside out. I thank you, God, that you don't really care what we look like on the outside, but you are deeply concerned about what's going on on the inside. You're concerned about our future, and you're concerned about our freedom. And I just pray this morning that you'd speak to every single one of us, no matter where we're at. In this journey of faith, I pray that you would speak this morning in Jesus' name. You know, it must be an age thing, but my eyes are not like they used to be. I, I kind of used to pride myself on my ability to see, particularly over long distances. Never really had great eyesight when it comes to. Reading uh, things that are close to me, like I can't see any of that. But I don't know whether that's short sighted or long sighted, don't worry about telling me because I just never retain that kind of information and it's also kind of confusing. But but last week I was in the car, I had my youngest kids with me, I was taking them to the bus stop and to, to Kindi and I was about to back out the driveway when another vehicle pulled up alongside our house, and a young girl got out and started to make her way towards uh, towards our car, and I'm thinking, who, who who is that? I started to wind my window down to see to see uh, why they were coming up the driveway, and the girl said to me, hi, Dad, and it was my 16-year-old daughter. So it turns out both of my eyesight stuff isn't that great either, but um, I didn't tell her that I didn't notice it. but I recognized her rather, but... But it's I'm probably not far-sighted or near-sighted. I'm probably just blind. But anyway, in John 8, as we just kind of opened with this a little while ago, it's, it's a really interesting account of, of this blind man who has his eyes opened by Jesus. But you'll read that if you see that again, that he, he, he only has his eyes opened uh, a little bit on this first attempt, that to him things look blurry. It says that it says that people look like trees walking, which is a, a really unusual description to make. And I've often wondered what the significance of that is. It's certainly one of the more unusual accounts of Jesus healing someone. Firstly, there's the spitting in the eyes, which is kind of rude. By the way, we don't practice that here. Uh, although if God says maybe, right? But anyway, uh, and then and then interestingly Jesus prays a second time before the man's eyes eyes become clear i'll be thinking about this a, a little bit why why the blurry vision and why why then the second time God prayed and and i don't really know yeah <laughs> but but i have been thinking a, a little bit about uh you know my own sight, my own vision, my, the the way that I see people, and uh, and precious people. Sometimes I can walk right past them. Sometimes I can. I, there there are people around me, but they're just like trees. The trees walking. I'm unengaged with them. And how many know we can get so preoccupied with our own world, right? What's going around inside us, and and then people just become part of the landscape. And it says here in John 8 that he saw them, he saw people, but they were just like trees walking. And maybe that's like the hidden lesson in the story that just like the blind man from Bethsaida who needed Jesus to touch his sight again so he could see people clearly, maybe maybe I need God, maybe we need God to touch our eyes and, and to touch our hearts so that we see people with a whole lot of clarity, that we see people really clearly without any distortion or without any prejudice. Because what I've found that the way that we see people affects how we will love them. The way that we see people, a vision of them is the way that we will treat them, the way that we, uh, we, we will share our love with them. And so the, in the Gospels, Jesus ha- had a way of seeing and, and loving people that was always engaging. It was always intentional and he was always focused on the person he was with because Jesus is... His sight was completely clear. Jesus had no kind of short-sightedness or long-sightedness or blurry vision. His sight was completely clear. And I've just noticed a few things about my own vision sometimes that are actually in contrast to the way that Jesus sees and Jesus loves. And so I just want to remind myself of a few things this morning, and maybe you'll pick this up too. All right, I just want to look then at four ways that Jesus saw and uh, that, that, that shifted the way that he loved people because how many know Jesus is our model, right? If we want to know what the Father's like, we just look at Jesus. He is the perfect example. Amen. If we, if we have a thought or a viewpoint of God that we cannot find in the person of Jesus Christ, you should be worried. All right, so we've got to look to Christ. And so number one, if we want to see like Jesus, I'm so sad I don't have cool slides. Number one, if we want to see like Jesus, we must love without labels. We've got to love people without labels. If we want to see like Jesus saw people, you've got to lay down this, this, this kind of temptation to look at people with labeling. I don't know if you've noticed, but Jesus never, never categorized people with labels. He just loved them. Uh, In Luke chapter 7, Jesus is having dinner, I think, with the Pharisee, one of the religious rulers of the day, and a woman known for her profession as a prostitute, she bursts through the doors, she throws herself at Jesus' feet and pours expensive perfume over over his, his feet, and the Pharisee, knowing the vocation of this woman woman is stunned that Jesus would actually allow her to do such a thing because the Pharisees had this inability to see past the label of her identity. How dare you come in here? But Jesus, I don't know, maybe he looks past the label or he doesn't actually see it at all, simply sees a broken, hurting woman in need of forgiveness. And whether it was... The prostitute, the tax collector, the Samaritan, the Roman centurion, the leper, the lame, the rich, the poor, the demon-possessed. Jesus never showed prejudice or discrimination because he never saw people how we often see them, with labels. Because Jesus always looked at the matter of the heart and then therefore only ever saw the heart of the matter and if we want to see like like he sees and therefore love like he loves we've got to let go of labeling and look a little deeper to what's perhaps really going on in people's lives you know we label people because of their sin or their shortcomings or their failings their peculiar behavior but we often fail to see the person behind the label right and therefore, we fail to really be able to help. And so Jesus doesn't see in categories. He just sees broken hearts that need fixing, loving people who need uh, pulling out of pits and hurting people who can't fix themselves. And so as we come into contact with people, as we, uh, as we reach out, consider this. If we want to have the side of Jesus, we've got to rid ourselves of the tendency to see people as labels. Stop it. All right, turn to the person next to you and say, just stop it. Stop doing that. It's not good. All right, number one. Number two, we have to, if we want to see like Jesus saw, we've got to love without benefits. Not just love without labels, but we've got to love people without benefits. A a benefit is is an advantage or a profit gained from doing something, right? So to love with benefits is to reach out, is to extend, you know, compassion to someone, but with like a bit of personal gain as your motivation, right? So Jesus said that when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So how many of us, for example, have kind of showed, maybe it's just me, but love to their neighbor because you want to borrow the trailer, right? And so you're kind of just extra friendly. Wow, you're looking great today. By the way. Do you know, like, sometimes we can love with, with benefits. You know, like, we just, we, just, we just want something out of this for, for our, ourselves. And so, but to love without benefits is to love sacrificially. A quote here, love that costs nothing, accomplishes nothing. All right, love always pays a price. Love always costs something. It's expensive because when you love, the benefits accrue to the other person's account, not just ours. And that was the love of God. That was the love of Jesus. David Livingston, the great African missionary, who, uh, if you know his story, suffered greatly in serving the poor. He says this, quote, I never made a sacrifice. And of this we ought not to talk when we remember the great sacrifice which he made who left his father's throne on high to give himself for us. And I can think of no, no greater example of loving without benefits than Jesus, right? And, and the book of Philippians speaks of Jesus' love without benefits as our example to follow. Let me read this to you, verse 4 of Philippians 2. He says, Each of you should not look only to your own interests, to your own benefits, to what you might get out of things, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of who? Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And we've got to take his example and kind of apply it to our lives where it comes to the people whom we love, when it comes to the people who we're reaching out to, whether it's loving your spouse or loving your kids or showing love to your neighbor, whoever it may be. We've got to stop giving to get. We've got to, got to stick loving for benefits and make ourselves a servant and love people like he did. So stop labeling and stop loving people with the advantage coming back to you. Number three. Is this okay this morning? Number three, Jesus loved without limits. He loved without labels. He loved without benefits. And Jesus loved without, without limits. At the time of uh, Jesus' ministry on the earth, I've shared this example before, the nation of Israel were under Roman rule. Alright, so just a bit of history there. Right throughout the New Testament, we read the Gospels. Rome uh, kind of overtaken in terms of the governance over, over uh, Jerusalem and over Israel. And so Rome allowed essentially the Jewish people who were living there to go about their lives with as much normality as possible although there were a few customs, a few laws which Rome would enforce on the Jews just to make sure they knew who was actually in charge, who who was actually uh, the boss. And one of these rules was something called impressment. impressment. And impressment is basically the practice of forcing members of the public to serve in some kind of military capacity. And this impressment law has been used right throughout history. A lot of the uh, people were, had forced into military service and that, that sort of thing. But in the Bible times, in the New Testament, the practice of impressment allowed a Roman soldier to conscript a Jewish native to carry his equipment, his backpack, to the limit of one uh, Roman mile. That was, that was the law enforced over the Jewish people, and it was no easy task because sometimes I imagine those backpacks or that equipment was, was really heavy, but it was law, and Rome was the boss, and so the Jews, they grudgingly obeyed this tiring duty. And so on the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus is speaking to his fellow Jews about a radical new way of showing love. And he says in Matthew 5.38, and again, I apologize for no, uh, nothing on the screen. Jesus said, hey, listen, fellas, you've heard it said eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, uh, let him have your cloak as well. Verse 41 of Matthew 5 says, And if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. How many of you remember that little passage there? The, the contemporary English version says, If a soldier forces you to carry his pack one mile, listen, carry it two miles. And so what was happening there is Jesus wasn't just kind of pulling out some random example out of the hat. He was saying, listen, right now, this is how I want you to treat people. This is what loving people without limits looks like. So guys, when a Roman soldier uses impressment against you, when he forces you to carry his pack, when you're in a bad mood, when it's the last thing that you feel like doing, I want you to pick up that pack and go, not just the limit that was set by Rome, but go an extra mile, and do it willingly. Love without limits. It's where we get the saying from. Come on, go the extra mile. All right, and so, and so Jesus taught uh, and 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 practiced and was an example of love without limits right throughout his ministry. Like when Peter comes to Jesus and he asks him, "Hey, Master, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me?" And Peter chooses this. Ridiculously high number for him. He's like, how about seven times? Like, wow, that's heaps. And and then Jesus goes, Hey, listen, not seven times, but seventy times seven. Like, like Peter, you got this no, nah, that's 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 not it. That's not what loving without limits looks like. In other words, come on, you just gotta you gotta forgive. And keep on forgiving, go the extra mile, Peter, love without limits. You see, when, when we do more than what is required, when we do greater than what is expected, when we love without limits, it shows the world that we are operating to a different kind of value system, right? A different set of rules, a value system of love that comes from a higher authority whose grace and mercy compel us to show the same love and the same mercy to others. And it's a, hard thing. it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to do. But listen, Jesus went the extra mile for you. Right? He went, he went the extra mile for me. He, he, his love for us went beyond the limits. In fact, that it took him to the cross. His love went beyond any reasonable limit that he would lay down his life for us that we might have life. So don't let that just make you thankful, but love like he loved. And begin to see people like Jesus would see them without limits. Number four. Number four, so we got love without labels, love without benefits, love without, love, without, uh, love without limits, and number four, love without conditions. We've got a love without conditions with no strings attached. When I think about the opposite, conditional love. Conditional love is, hey, listen, it's love with a price. I'll, I'll release my love to you, but you're going to have to change first. Like, if you just change a few things about yourself, and then I'll be able to love you. You'll be a far more likable person, all right? So, so, you know, Caroline and I have been married, and by the way, we've got a household of sick kids this morning, so she's not here. But um, Caroline and I have been married for 20 years this year, and whoop whoop. And uh, probably, I think, the first five years of our marriage that we were just simply trying to change each other. Right, I don't know if you've if you've experienced that before, but it's kind of kind of like you know if I could just you know get get her to be this way, and she was if I could just get him to be this way, uh, you know. Listen, husbands and, and wives love without conditions, right? We're going to love one another without without conditions. Jesus never put conditions on His love for us. He never said, "I'll love you if." Can you imagine how hard it would have been for Jesus to love if it was was conditional? Like how hard would it have been for him to even trust his own disciples when he knew for some time that Judas was going to betray him or that Peter was going to disown him? You see, Jesus loved us before we were saintly. (laughs) Right? Right? Like before you and I stopped living for ourselves, before you know, we, we left our old life behind, before we stopped doing the things that you'd be embarrassed to even utter or mention today, he loved you unconditionally, without any reservation. And even today, right now, he knows the things about you and my lives. Some of our shortfallings, some of the things where we still mess up and he still chooses to love us and view us with grace and kindness. Isn't that amazing? And he's calling you and I to view people and see others in the same way. Let me finish with the story, and Matt, if you're around, maybe you could just have a bit of a tinker on the guitar behind me. About 10 years ago, and I have shared this a couple times before maybe, but about ten, ten years ago, uh, we faced a, a really challenging situation as as pastors here and one afternoon, uh, I had a phone call from the police station to say that uh, a seven year old boy had been murdered by his stepdad and uh, to the shock uh, my shock at least the detective said that the mother was asking for me. Could I come to the station what i don 't know who it was what was what was going on, but there was this phone call and it turns out uh, that although only for a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, a family had been attending our church uh, some months before and they'd, they'd kind of, they'd moved on and I won't go into the details, but after spending several days comforting this mother who just lost uh, their their son because he had been murdered by his stepfather and while we were spending time with her, something really strange happened to me. I, I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit that I should go and visit the stepdad, and uh, and I'm like, "God, are you serious?" And I felt just this prompting—the this still small voice—is kind of nudged, "Go visit the stepdad in prison. Go see if he's he's okay. Let's go and see how he's doing. Of course, he wasn't okay." But. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with this. There's a whole lot of reasons why I don't want to show any love at all to this fella. And and I did it. And I went at least a couple of occasions. I sat in this uh, little room, a bit of a glass between the two of us. And, I, and we talked. And uh, the strangest of things happened as I... Began to uh, spend time with him, and it offends me to this day, and it offends the religious, you know, kind of part of me which wants to hold back love, which wants to label, which wants to put conditions on the love that I would show, it wants to keep back any benefit. But sitting in that room, talking to this man who had done such a hideous thing, and it, it really was hideous, a strange thing happened that I began to feel the love of God toward him. And it wasn't my love, (laughs) because there wasn't much compassion there, but something began to shift in in that room, and I began to see this man with eyes of compassion. And I wonder, it was just a small glimpse into the heart of God towards people, even broken people, even messed up people, even people who are doing dirty, rotten stuff and making their own life and other people's lives completely miserable. And it was as if, and this is a, a little bit strange, but it was as if Jesus kind of came in and sat in that room with us and I don't know and and he kind of whispered to me where's you see a murderer you see the darkest of people and it wasn't at all condoning what he had done but I felt like the lord was saying you see nothing but what he's done but I see a man who's never been shown love who's always been shown abuse and hatred now love him like I would love him and it was it was it was like a grace came upon me and I just spoke to him and, and loved him. And it didn't take away any of the consequences. It didn't take away any of what had just happened, but it just gave me a very small glimpse into the heart of God who is longing to see his church really love people, love without labeling, love love without conditions, love love without benefits. And the truth is, Every person is worthy of love. Every single person is worthy of love and I just hear God saying guys as you prepare yourselves to really move into community I need you to emulate me. Jesus would say to imitate him to have my eyes when you begin to minister to others and and asking us the question would we love would we would we love like he does? Will we cease looking at people with the eyes of judgment? And allow God to show us the true hearts of people right where they're at. Would we we love people without thinking about what we might gain from it? Would we we go the extra mile for people to go beyond perhaps what is even necessary? Would we love without conditions just as Christ loved us? Because I reckon our city, our region, the suburbs, our friends, our neighbors are waiting to see and experience a love like no other. And it's going to come from you and I, the church. It's not waiting for someone else, right? It's not like I, I was going to choose the church, but now it's the Stoke Rugby Club. <laughs> no, it's us. It's you and I. We, we're the ones who reflect and mirror and hopefully do a great job of sharing Christ's love with others. Would you bow your heads? And I just want to pray. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for the love of God, that you are that perfect, loving Father. And I thank you for a love that released his son to die on a cross for us. So great was your love for us. And I thank you for the challenge that you're laying down. You've laid down that we are to love others like you've loved us. And I pray for every single person here today with all the stuff going on in our lives. You know, there's times when we're so caught up in our own stuff. We're so caught up in what's going on around us that people all around us just seem like trees walking. In other words, they're not in focus. We're not engaging with them. They're just around us. But I thank you that you're reminding us that we need to sharpen our vision when it comes to others. I said before, church can be a little bit about you, but it can't be all about you. Why? Because there are so many people who have not yet experienced this unconditional love that you and I have. And so I just ask by your Holy Spirit this morning, just in these last few moments that we've got left, that you just shine your light on our hearts and our lives as we go out of this place. If there's any areas in our life where our love in some way is held back, would you deal with us? in the loving, kind way that you do, but just shift some of the stuff in our hearts that we might love like you loved. Thanks for listening. For more information about Aspire Church, find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, or check out our website, aspirechurch.org.nz. We'd love to see you on Sundays, 10 a.m., 101 Hardy Street, Nelson.